Welcome to Travel Chicks, where we talk travel, transformation, and inspiration. My name's Melissa. I'm the founder of Travel Chicks, and I want to let you know that it may be me, it may be one of our other travel chicks, but welcome on board this adventure. Please, if you love what you hear, like it, leave a review, and share this with your friends. We need to inspire more people to create their own travel story. Okay, so welcome back to another episode of Travel Chicks, where we help you find your flow and just say yes. Let's go. And today's guest, I am so excited to have. I found her on Instagram. Big surprise. And you know what? Before, before we begin, I just got to say, all of the photos that I have been following you, Marilena, I, I hope I get your name right. Um, all the photos on your Instagram are absolutely incredible. I don't know what kind of camera you use or um, who is taking these photos, but I give you huge props. So let's get started. How about you introduce who the heck you are and what you are up to in the world? Yes. Um, so my name is Marie Elena Smith. I am the founder of Epic 7 Travel. And so um, I do adventure travel photography on all seven continents with underwater aerial landscape and wildlife, um, along with my husband. He does a lot of our underwater and aerial as well. Wow. Okay. So that makes sense of why you have this incredible uh, photos. Like every single photo you've taken has been on your trips? Yes. So um, none, of, none of the photos on Instagram are stock. Those are all from trips um, that we have taken. Oh my goodness. So I got to ask you, what inspires you to travel? You know, you probably have a story. Like when was that first trip that you took and, and what inspires you to travel? Yes. Um, so it's, it's kind of a multifactorial for me. So I grew up with two um, parents who worked for the airlines. So I had a passport at six months old and became very comfortable on planes. So I can now sleep in any moving, um, any moving vehicle, whether that be car, plane, train, <laughs> very easily. But that's what first inspired my love of travel. When, um, and then in college, I studied abroad in Sydney, Australia. And down there, I met people for the first time um, that introduced me to the idea of kind of gap years. I'd never heard of that. It's not something we're as familiar with in the U.S. And so I met people who were doing round the world trips for a year as part of their gap year. And I thought, wow, what a great idea. Uh, so I called my mom from Sydney and said, the day I graduate from college, I'm going to do a round the world trip. And she said, where did, where did you get this idea? And um, so that planted the seed for my first round the world trip. But before I left for that, I, um, when I left Sydney, I was traveling through Australia and New Zealand, and I met a couple in their 60s, blackwater rafting in New Zealand, who said to me, uh, we're really excited to see you traveling 
while you're young. Take advantage of these opportunities. Um, don't, don't wait until you're retired. Don't wait for that rainy day because they said we're both in our 60s and many of the adventures that we had hoped to have, we um, have health issues that are now precluding us from doing that. So do it while you're young. So um, I have taken that to heart and have typically traveled to two to three new countries a year, have been to 65 countries on all seven continents. That is, that's so incredible. And you know what? Just hearing your story actually inspires me even more because my daughter, who just turned three, has already been to 10 countries and counting. And so listening to your story about, I've had a passport since I was six months old, it's, oh, it's just, what better education can we give our children? exactly like what you've learned as a child growing up with travel as like almost like part of your foundation of who you are. Oh, absolutely. So my question is, how do you think travel can actually have the power to transform lives? Um, So I think travel, I think, continually energizes people. Um, I've seen that with, um, as, as I've traveled with people and kind of wildlife that I witness, but I think it makes you a more confident person more open-minded, and expands your horizons in innumerable ways. And I think it gives you an ability to experience places in a much deeper way. In high school, I didn't have a deep interest in history, and now I'm a huge history buff. And so I love traveling to these places and reading about these ancient places that you've read about um, and heard about your entire lives. So I would say um, Angkor Wat has been my favorite followed by Machu Picchu and the pyramids, but to just be able, it's astounding to stand in front of those places and think about how they were constructed during that period of time when there were no modern construction vehicles available. It's just, it's mind boggling. It would be mind boggling to do those things today, much less in the era in which they were built. Mm -hmm. And that was actually one of my next questions was out of all the places that you've been, like what would your top three be? So that is a great question. Um, so Antarctica is my number one. So we visited, my husband and I, um, for milestone birthdays, decided to visit our seventh continent in our seventh year together. Only intended to be this, um, this milestone trip. And it actually served as the impetus for me to leave my medical device marketing career and chase this dream with travel photography and writing because a number of people on board had said, oh, well, who are you with? And I said, oh, have you met my husband, Jason? And they said, that's not what we met. We met what outlet are you with because your photography is really great and your stories are inspiring. And so two weeks after that trip, I came back and resigned uh, to chase this dream. So it has been the most awe-inspiring, breathtaking place I've ever visited, but it has also um, been the most life-changing given that I decided to uh, Mm -hmm. take that leap after the trip. Um, I would say my second other um, favorite place has been Papua New Guinea. It's very, it's about as off the grid as you can get and truly stepping back in time. They um, were first 
the island was first traveled and discovered by outsiders in 1935. Mm -hmm. And the last documented case of cannibalism was in 1965. And so it is visiting and being able to see the, um, the festivals that take place. Most of them are in the fall, as well as the diving there. It's some of the most pristine diving. Um, on average, I think they get about 1,200 visitors a year. Um, I think that number has gone up. We visited in 2010. Mm -hmm. So I would say um, that is a second favorite. And third favorite, um, I would say Africa in general. We've had some amazing touching experiences there. Um, the most touching being um, trekking to see Diane Fossey's Susa troop. So the troop that she studied in, um, which is portrayed in Gorillas in the Mist. Mm -hmm. So spending, um, that was something that I had admired her and Brute Galitigas, who has studied the um, orangutans and Jane Goodall with the chimpanzees. So those have been three of my idols since I was very, very young. So to get to see the troop that she studied was, um, was really transformative for me. Oh my goodness. Just like listening to this is how can, I don't, I can't even imagine how people would not want to venture, like venture out into the world because at the end of the day, what is life about? Like we don't take any of this material stuff with us and these experiences that you've just shared and these places that you visited is like, it's inspiring me to want to go to these places. I myself have never been to Antarctica or Africa or Papua New Guinea. And wow, I didn't even, I didn't even realize Papua New Guinea had so much history. Oh, yes. It's, and it's stunning. And the, the entire reason, so a lot of the travelers go in to see these festivals. And the reason those festivals started was to decrease warfare between the tribes. So within Papua New Guinea, there are 700 different languages spoken. And the thought was, um, let's provide awareness and recognition for these, the tribes and these beautiful, um, the costumes that they wear and the face paint and the way that they've been decorated and designed and to see the dances. It was just um, extraordinary to, to experience that. And then seeing people that live in, um, in a very different way. And depending on whether you're in the highlands versus um, down kind of lower near the rivers, the, the way of life is very different in terms of how it is that they're harvesting and farming, et cetera. Wow. So I'm curious, when is the best time to go there? So to Papua New Guinea? Yeah. It tends to be, um, I would say, with the festival. So most of those are kind of September, October, because if you go in the middle of our summer, it is stifling hot. I will say it's still pretty stifling hot. It's a very hot and humid place. Yeah. But the, um, the festival that we went to was the Garoka Festival, and that's held in September each year. There's also one called the Mount Hagen Festival. So I would highly encourage if, um, if you do visit to schedule it around one of the festivals, yeah. but also um, it's a place that when visiting, you really need to book that through a tour operator that yep. can handle everything um, just because it's relatively new to tourism, but there are safety concerns that pop up there. So Port Moresby, the capital of Papua New Guinea, is considered by some to be one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Okay. So you land and then take off to other places, but um, tribal warfare and different things um, escalate at various times. So kind of keeping an eye on that before you visit, but we were, we're looking at when we can next get back there because we loved it so much. Mm -hmm. Cool. So what advice would you, or could you 
give somebody who is sitting on the fence and afraid to take that leap to start exploring outside their own city? Absolutely. So um, I think, so I understand how that can be intimidating. Um, Right before, so the round the world trip, the first round the world trip that I did, I did with someone that I was dating, but I also did a round the world trip um, again, or I guess it wasn't round the world, it was in Asia, but um, did that right before business school. And I did it completely on my own and went through China, Vietnam, Cambodia, and Indonesia. And all I had was a plane ticket in and a plane ticket out. And I think it allows you to discover a lot about yourself. Um, You realize that you're stronger than you are. Even if you are more introverted, you'll become a bit more extroverted to Mm -hmm. meet people. And I think you'll be continually surprised by the kindness of strangers. So I had a really tough time um, traveling on that trip in China. It was in 2002. And I do not expect anywhere that I go for people to speak English. I'm, you know, going to make an attempt to speak their language. Chinese is a very difficult one. Mm -hmm. And signage and things were not um, in English. It was very difficult for me to understand. And I rolled into a town very late at night. It was one in the morning on this bus and got off. And there was this man and woman that said, you know, you don't speak the language and finding a place to stay will be very difficult. I was on the Vietnam border getting ready to cross the next morning. And they said, come with us. Now, they could have drugged me, robbed me, um, but I had to trust my gut and instinct that these were good people. And they introduced me, they took me to an area with some great street food that I did not get sick from, introduced me to lychees, which are still one of my favorites. And the next morning they said, um, they were, it was a businessman and woman, and they said, we'll have our driver drive you all the way into Hanoi. So all of this um, rigmarole that I was going to have to do at the border, they took care of all that. And this was just a random meeting at one in the morning and kind of trusting my gut. So Mm -hmm. I think that that, um, the the kindness of strangers is one of the things that will really open your eyes, particularly with a lot of what's going on in the world these days. And so being able to see that and have that, your belief in humanity reaffirmed is um, is a great way and a great reason to travel. Mm -hmm. And what is the number one thing that you will not leave your house when traveling with? Um, so obviously my camera as a photographer, that always comes with me. That's very important, but there are, I'll name two other things because they have become absolutely key for me. So one is the SteriPen UV filter. So sustainable travel is really important to me. And, um, I have not bought a, anything in a plastic bottle in three years anywhere in the world. And the SteriPen has allowed me to do that. So you can fill up your Nalgene bottle from the tap and for 90 seconds, you use this UV light um, and you can buy it from REI, from Amazon, costs less than $100. Mm-hmm. And um, it allows you and it removes viruses, protozoa, bacteria from the water. So it is amazing and um, has allowed me, I'm heading out for a trip to um, Bhutan shortly. So I'll be using that there, but I have used it all over the world. Mm-hmm. So and do you just that. pour the water into a cup and then put this thing in? Yeah, so I travel with a large um, Nalgene bottle. It needs to be a wide mouth bottle. And then you just stir your UV filter. So it's a, um, it has a UV light in there. And then it gives you a smiley face at the end to tell you that it's um, completely, it's been purified. And mm-hmm. I have, um, I've gotten violently ill in China, India, and um, Egypt to the point of almost hospitalization. And in India, I was told it was filtered water that I was drinking 
from a four-star hotel and it was not. And um, so this way, I, I absolutely know that it was sterilized and I'm not having to contribute any plastic within these countries that they don't have any recycling facilities. Mm -hmm. So that makes me feel great as well. And the second thing is I am very prone to motion sickness um, and being a scuba diver and traveling all over the world and um, being having cross the Drake's Passage, mm -hmm. which many would say is the most treacherous passage to cross in the world. You can get 40-foot waves within that passage. We only hit 10 to 15-foot waves, but that still will send your stomach on a bit of a roller coaster ride. And the relief band has been game-changing for me. So it was originally developed for women with uh, morning sickness mm -hmm. or patients going through chemotherapy and was previously only available in Canada and Europe. It is now available in both of those places as well as the U.S., without a prescription. And um, you can buy that from reliefband.com, but you can use it on small planes, trains. Um, I've used it um, on windy roads as well as boats. So I recommend it to, they don't do a lot of marketing. And so I recommend it to every traveler who expresses that they have um, motion sickness and it will, it'll be game changing for them as well. Wow. Two things that I haven't even heard about. <laughs> Thank you. So at the end, at the end of the day, if we have people, especially photographers that would love to join you or travelers or bloggers, like how can people get a hold of you? Yes. Um, so my blog and kind of going along with having been to all seven continents is Epic 7 Travel. So E-P-I-C 7 Travel.com. Um, for those that are in the Bay Area, I have started running local photo workshops to share all that I have learned. I've attended eight photo workshops around the world. Um, so now I'm teach teaching a lot of those tenants here. And I'm also starting to run um, international tours. So Bhutan is my first offering in 2020. So that's why I'll be in Bhutan um, in November 2019 scouting for that tour. But um, you can reach me on, um, on my website and I'm that same um, Epic 7 Travel across all social media, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram. Okay, perfect. And with your upcoming adventure trips that you're doing, that will also be posted on your website? Yes. Okay. Um, so the, in terms of those trips, I will start marketing the Bhutan trip in December once I return, because I, I want to, the brochure that I want to create will be with all of my own photography, but it's um, customized with only six uh, travelers joining and with a lot of uh, behind the scenes access to festivals, schools, monasteries, etc. So I'm really, really uh, excited to share this magical um, kingdom of happiness is what Bhutan is known as um, mm -hmm. with others. Amazing. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time today to share with us your travel insight and wisdom and knowledge. And thank you. Thank you for showing up. You're welcome. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been a fun conversation. I always love chatting and travel. Mm-hmm.